British Strongman Podcast. So today we have a guest. Would you be able to introduce yourself, please? Just because I don't want to pronounce your name wrong. I don't want to pronounce it. It's all good. My name is Alec Pagan. It's pronounced, it's written Pagan, but it's Pagan. Alec was a Pagan. Yeah, so you, you're the, so we had um, Tommy Lavelle on a couple of weeks ago as a guest. Like you, do you coach him currently? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So do you want me to do like a little rundown of my, what I do? Is that what you need here? Yeah, t- tell us, tell us about you. Tell us about your coaching and. Oh, sure, sure. Um, well, I've only been coaching Strongman for about two years now. So I'm actually quite new to coaching it. Uh, so far in those two years, I've coached four or five podium positions at the North American Championships, two of which were champions. I've coached in America's Strongest Woman winner, which is essentially like the pro divisions uh, of the countries like Pan Am's essentially. Uh, so like the best in North America, I've coached the best lightweight in North America. I now coach Tommy Lavelle, who's the current world champion. I did not coach him for his first win, but I will coach him for his second and uh, yeah, so in the past two years, just the team has really risen to, I would say, it's probably the best in North America. Brilliant. So um, tell, tell us about RP11. So fa- thank you, by the way. So Alec has um, come forward to sponsor and support the Britain's Strongest Man Under 80 event. Yeah. Uh, great, along with Shane. Um, so t- tell us about your brand, uh, RP11, and what, you do and what your kind of... Um, what your philosophy is with the, the brand. Sure. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, the team, the brand and the team all kind of started at the same time, which is about two years ago, two years ago, I was just coaching Olympic weightlifters. That's where my initial coaching starts, uh, starts there uh, with Olympic weightlifters and actually a kettlebell sport athlete. Um, but that's neither here nor there. And then from there, the brand's kind of expanded. Obviously I coach uh, weightlifting and strongman, but at this point I've, I've taken a, a like to start sponsoring shows like whale strongest woman, Britain's strongest man uh, for the 80 kilo class, at least. Um, and now I've, uh, I'm one of the main sponsors for the official strongman games, the world championships. And specifically, my efforts were to get the 73 kilo women's class to worlds, which we did this year for the first time, which I'm very excited about. Um, but yeah, so basically uh, any sort of opportunity where I could see it might help bring some sort of uh, inclusion, especially to the weight classes on a greater level, uh, I'm going to help out any way I can if I find it to be worthwhile. Brilliant. So what, what is it about the weight classes that you're, that you're so passionate about? Well, you know, I, like I said before, you know, I started, my initial coaching was in Olympic weightlifting, you know, a very established <coughs> sport that's been around for, a long, for over a hundred years. And um, what I found is when I first came over to Strongman to start coaching is that there's still uh, an insane amount of what I would consider antiquated thoughts around weight class, classes prevalent just because the, the sport in and of itself is under 30 years old. But what, no, I guess the sport's about 32 years old, something along that effects. And that's just for the open class and under 15 years old when it comes to weight classes. So it's, it's in its infancy. So you still hear a lot of the uh, talks of people considering weight classes to, to delude the sport and things like that. And in reality, that's just something that doesn't exist as things develop, at least in my opinion, for, for a long time. Like in weightlifting, for example, supers, don't give a shit that there's a men's 55 kilo class because they're worried about supers and the 55 kilo men don't give a shit about the open class. It's just, if you're there and you're winning, then you're a winner. Like it's, it's um, uh, the arguments of having too many classes uh, was something of the early 1900s for weightlifting. 
And so to see it now in a different sport that's brand new, it's just, you know, it's funny for me to see, but strongman's people really forget strongman's, you know, it's not even one grandma year old, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very young sport. So with young sports, you get very young. The weightlifting then, like, is there, is there any, like, so from obviously knowing your background in, uh, in, in weightlifting, is there, is there any kind of different kind of prestige with the different classes? Like, is it more prestigious to get no. like a, like a super title or not? Or no, no one gives a shit. That's the thing. And that's only because it's been around for so long that the classes are so established. Like, for yeah. example, you know, if me and you were to go on YouTube right now and we I mean you type in, you know, official strongman games and we watch, I don't know, let's say the women's 64 kilo class, you know, from the last time they had it, which was 2019, it would probably have like, I don't know, 20,000 views, something along those lines, like not too many. If we were to go on YouTube and type in World Strongest Man from 2019, significantly more views, right? Obviously, because it's World Strongest Man. It's a bigger show, bigger promotion. If me and you were to go on YouTube right now and type in IWF, which for those that might not know is the International Weightlifting Federation, and in weightlifting there's only one, uh, open class, like open men's, might have 300,000 views, like a lot, quite a few views. We type in the 71 kilo women's class, world championships, 3 million. So there's there's people that clearly want to watch weight class based things in different sports class for for whatever reason attention than others and a lot of times it's not the open in other sports and you know strongman just in phase where because it started initially as just a reality show about freakishly large men yeah we're having to break away from that the culture that is attached to that and in time and years, what, honestly, what you'll end up finding, at least in my opinion, if it follows the same route any other strength sport did, so I don't see why it wouldn't, is that you're going to see a lot more views on different weight class-based things because people really enjoy uh, comparisons or things that they can compare themselves to at least in size. So, uh, no, th- there's no culture divide at all when it comes to big or small in weightlifting or men or women because it's been around for so long that the winners in those classes are equally respected for the most part. Yeah, and you get the they get you get the standout athletes as well yeah. that just will get so much attention, like Ilya Lynn, where yeah. you know, being undefeated for all three weight classes he did and exactly. amazing records. Nobody would have cared if he was sixty kilo or no. or whatever. But he's just and that's a that's watch. a really good example too because you know in strongman I think you guys would agree with this. Uh, if if someone is a one hundred five kilo standout, like such just some fucking freenama, a killer. You know, all the big guys are like, "Why don't you come on up and play with the real boy?" You know what I mean? Like it had that weird attitude. Whereas, like Ilya, good example there, Shane. Ilya dominated the 89 kilo class, the 96 kilo class, and the 105 kilo class. Won world records in all three of them in weightlifting. And none of the open guys were like, "Come on up!" Like no one gave a shit. They're like, "You're just insanely strong." And the fact of the matter is, Ilya was already hitting clean and jerks at, at super weights, weight class below, so it didn't even matter. Um, so. And in my opinion, that culture shift comes with time. Like the like what people like weightlifting's been around for over a hundred years. Strongman for weight classes like twelve. Yeah. So do do you think that if uh, if the expo if the well it'd be interesting to see what you but hear what you both think actually like uh, if exposure was exactly the same through all the classes, which do you think could be more popular just for like the general pop do you think it'd be general population would be interested in seeing the most weight lifted or would they be interested more interested in seeing 
the people they can relate to lifting substantial weights like as in like would they would they be would they actually still be more impressed with the the massive freakishly open guys lifting a little bit more than the the top guys in the weight classes or would they be more impressed and more re relatable to the fact that the uh, the weight well, guys are like similar size what do you what do you think do you think it would be the similar thing to weightlifting or do you it would be both. It would be the same thing. I mean, weightlifting, it's both. You know, like if there, there's two videos that were shared a million times this past week in the weightlifting community, uh, because for those who might not know, uh, the European Championships just happened this week in weightlifting, right? So a lot of great lifting had just occurred. And two videos were shared the most. Lyra Donatona's uh, 114 kilo snatch, and she competes at the 64 class, which is not even the smallest woman class, by the way. There's like three classes below that still. Um, Lyra Donatona's 114 kilo snatch, which is fucking insane. That's a crazy snatch at that body weight. It makes no sense. And Lasha Talahase's 222 snatch. So both those videos were shared equally the same. Two extraordinary different extremes. One is a weight class, which is about the average size of the average woman around the world. So clearly people could relate to it. Like, holy shit. Like, you know, the average CrossFit woman is going to be between 64 kilos and 68 kilos, right? Uh, and, you know, obviously Lasha snatching 222 is just fucked up cool. It's huge. Yeah, what, what about you, Shane? What do you think? Do you think, do you, do you like? I think it's like, I think it'll just go like, I've said this before. I always use, because I, I follow weightlifting, but um, not to the extreme as I follow something like mixed martial arts. And to me, I just think all, all sports should be built around the same model because it's just what works where you have weight classes and equal promotion throughout. And there'll be some people in lighter weight classes that maybe don't get as much attention, but there'll be standout athletes that do crazy shit that people like to see in, in every weight class. Plus, like I've said before, in Strongman, you need a little bit of personality. And uh, it's a show. You know, that's how I have always seen Strongman. Like when I go to a competition, I almost don't think of it as... Um, you know, beat, beating my competitors and stuff like that. There's like a bit of that, but it's more about me showcasing the things I can do as an athlete to, you know, basically impress people, to, you know, put show, showcase all the hours of work that I've put in. That's where I see it as a little different to uh, to weightlifting because you've got like th three, three lifts. You've got like, you know, on your snatch, you've got like 12 seconds out there to show what you've got. Whereas in Strongman, you've got like maybe five or six events that you've got to showcase all these different skills you've acquired. And I see it as more of a performance. And if you expand it across weight classes, you'll be able to find those, you know, fucking perfect athletes that'll showcase, you know, crazy uh, performances that'll impress people and, you know, get viral, get more attention to the sport, etc. So I don't think that, any weight class will stand out because of the weight class. It's more the athletes that are in the weight class uh, getting the opportunity to, you know, showcase what they do. Like like Dale 3D Strength, for example, pulled 400 the other day. You know what I mean? Imagine if he was um, doing that in a under 100 kilo comp or whatever that was being as promoted as much as Eddie's 500. You know what I mean? I'm sure he'd garner loads of... Uh, attention and stuff to the to the weight class but at the moment we're fucking in that purgatory zone where 
you've just got to rely on Instagram and stuff because the big companies are obviously only invested in the, the open weights. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, and just, and just the position that the sport's in, like the reality is this, like at the end of the day, you know, the sport started as a reality show and it is still a reality show for the most part. You know, IMG dictates what really happens within this sport more than people realize and whether people like it or not. And the fact of the matter is Giants Live doesn't pour that much resources into official strongman yet, right? Um, because right now they're, they're more concerned with, you know, every year we have to sell that Christmas special for the UK audience, right? Um, and until the sport isn't treated as a reality show first and then a competition, it's never going to get to those levels. Like the difference between like IPF powerlifting, IWF worlds and weightlifting, or even mixed martial arts, we're called the UFC is for the most part, like almost entirely it's treated as a sport first and then everything else comes second, whether it be media, television, blah, 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 blah. And when you do that, you get true competition. So as of now we have one very glorified show, which is just one gender, one weight class and none of the attention for the rest of the sport which is you know that's why it's, it's kind of limping along and until that becomes one unified approach one unified show it's not going to be the thing that people want to be quite yet at least in my opinion yeah no no i, I agree completely i've said this for years as well that my favorite weight classes uh, to watch are the 90 class under 90 men and under 64 women I think are my favorite. There's just something about the athletes in that class. Oh, they're they're fucked up competitive as well. It's 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 <laughs> yeah. it's and so I just so don't good. see I'm like, oh man, I said I just wish somebody could like see this what I'm seeing and like appreciate it. It's like um yeah, I think it's uh I think it's great. I mean I think the under 80 males is probably just as good, but over here in the UK, there's just so little comps that I've not had as much experience. I've seen I've seen probably a hundred under 90 comps, and I've probably seen two. Yeah, what's what's the deal with that in the UK? Because every single local show over here in the States, at least that meets its uh, attendance requirement, has an 80 kilo class. Why is it that there's so few in the UK? Well, from my my opinion, it's it's just the the promotion has been absolutely terrible uh, to non-existent. Um, The the, the quality of the kind of uh, 80 shows, it seems like, hasn't been enough to actually entice people who were who can compete or are eligible to compete under 80 and be good to actually mm-hmm. get them to compete. Like people actually don't want to do it. But as soon as we've um, like put the, like when uh, Luke and I said about uh, putting the Britons under 80 comp on and providing this platform and this idea, like the, like so many people said to us like, oh, well, you're not going to be able to do do it. So-and-so's tried before and he only got six entries or you're not going to get more than 10 entries. We've had foot like I think forty-one paid entries. I think we've had. <laughs> uh, what you've got to remember though is 90, 90 to ninety-five percent of under eighty guys will walk around about eighty-nine kilo. So there yeah, has sure. to be some incentive for that because it's not a nice diet. And if they've got these three under ninety comps, uh, you know, fairly local, they don't need to cut better field of athletes, you better events, better venue, they're probably going to be like, well, you know what, it's not really worth the 10 weeks of dieting and this. I'll just I'll just do the Northern Under 90 qualifier, which is what you find a lot. Like half the guys in that field, like Andy Smiles has done Under 90s before. 
the last time he did under 80s, I believe, was because he went to Worlds, I think. Uh, so again, it's like it's an incentive. It's a big comp. Flash often competes at 90s. Yeah. Uh, Dean McVie does 90s a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, so, it's quite interesting. All, the, all these guys that would be doing the 90s, like I coach probably about, what, about maybe, maybe six or seven people doing the Britain's under 80s who would who would probably do England's under 90s but they're not going to do it now because they've got no incentive to do the under 90s because they've got this amazing opportunity where they can have the where they can make weight at, at under 80 they've got the 24 hour weigh in so it's aligned with worlds they've got a qualifying spot for worlds they've got they've got pri- they've got prize money whether they whether they think they're going to be winning the prize money or not they're part of a show that's like got prestige yeah, they're going to feel like they're excited to diet, make weight, compete against yeah. all these top lads. They've got a really good insight. And that's all it was missing is before the fella would do one Facebook post that would get shared around. He couldn't be asked to to run it, basically. And that, that's why it fucking dog shite. Um, yeah. But now, hopefully, well, it picks up. Yeah, what you say, Shane, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't know who this guy is, but I it's dog shite because know. I'll tell you why it's dog shite. If you get to a Monday and your weigh-in is on Friday, 24 hour, and then they say weigh-in is now six hours, not 24 hours. Fuck that guy. Just because he can't be asked to get up in the morning, he's a cunt. So you can say whatever you want about I'm a chain him, on this one. He's a cunt. <laughs> And I, I don't know, know that guy. I was that man that should not be competing under 80 on a six-hour weigh-in, but had to. So that, yeah. So that to that to me is just a perfect explanation of the guy who used to run the comp. Um, and he doesn't, I've, I've told him this a million times, he's not asked. He's like, yeah, I don't care, mate. You can say what you want. And I'm like, well, you should care because it's about the fucking, you're running the... Yeah. I think it was Britain's or England's under eight, whoever he used to run. It's a big Someone, comp. Like you should care. Like run a novice comp if you don't care. Like Jesus Christ. Someone yeah. was telling me that uh I think it was England. Someone was telling me that the person that ran it prior had the women's weight classes wrong and just didn't give a fuck and change it. He was like, Yeah, like he had the sixty-fours cutting to sixty-three just cause. <laughs> like in that extra kilo is fucking huge at that body weight. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's weird. Is it not is that not how it that's how they've always done it in England. Yeah, I think on, over here... Yeah, what's, what's the deal with that? <laughs> no, but over here it's 63, but then the pound conversion works to 64. So I, I think... So all the girls are always, like, you know, buzzing that they don't have to cut that extra kilo. Because, like you say, the last kilo is the, uh, the worst. Yeah, it's, it's always been 60, 64 over here. Right? When, I, when I realized that you guys are doing... I was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. <laughs> and over here, what I was learning is you guys have to be... That's why you guys say you, you know, weight class, you 80s, you 90s, whatever, which is interesting to me because in the States, you don't have to be under the class. You can be exactly the number and you're good, which I didn't realize is not the case over there. To be honest, I think it's just, I think, yeah, I think now you've said it, it makes no sense to be fair. It makes no fucking sense. I never understood why you guys put you. It's like, it's not under the class, guys. It's, you have to be at the number. Uh, I never understood it. Yeah, well, now you've said it. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> makes it makes sense. But no, you, you can be ninety, uh, bang on. Yeah, you don't have to be eighty nine point nine. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, but but, but but basically that that's been the like what I think has been the problem with it. So there's been nothing to like 
get the elite guys to, yeah. there's no incentive for the elite guys to do it. So then the guys that are just behind those guys who are say winning titles and podiums and stuff are kind of getting discredited for their efforts because they're not competing against the elite guys. So then right. it's like, so then because of that, then the promoters are like not putting on a good show because nobody's really interested. So it's like, a few different issues that are kind of interlinked, but it's just it's just that cut, Josh. I think you've got to, if you're going to get them guys to do that cut, they've got to look at the comp and it's got to be worth their time. Buzzing for it, yeah. Um, like you, Josh, if you were to diet to eighties, like you could make it, but it's going to be pretty horrible. Um, and if you had a comp in two months that just was, it was called England's under eighty. But there was hardly anybody doing it. The yeah. events were were extremely light, so you don't you wouldn't even you just have to turn up basically. You're gonna be a bit more like, oh, you know, is it is it really worth? Because at the end of the day, when you're dieting that hard, yeah, for the most part, you're kind of giving up eight weeks of good solid training. Yeah, uh, definitely. So it's you know, it's it's that as well. So I think this Britain's under eighty hopefully is going to change that over here. And um, I think so too. And it has a and has an OSU qualifier now as well attached to it. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this is now. I mean, now, you know, because in the future, I mean, if I had to guess, knowing what Lynn wants to do, Phil might not know. Lynn Morehouse is the main promoter for Worlds, the official strongman games. Um, you know, knowing Lynn, I'm sure eventually he's going to want all the invites in the future to be uh, competition based, being you have to compete in a show that provides a qualifier. I'm sure over time will slowly go away from the online qualifier and that in and of itself will raise the quality of athlete that goes to worlds because for now you know world is awesome but there's also a large uh, portion of the field that have absolutely no business being there and they could get an invite because they did the online qualifier so I mean, that would knowing totally them, help the uh, the sport as a whole yeah, it's, get it's more gonna competitions happen. across because if you only had like if you only had one or two spaces yeah. um, let's say England you were allowed five from each class so I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do but you could spread that over five comps, which would give incentive to people to enter more comps to get the qualifying spot, kind of like the uh, Americans do with the pro cards and stuff. Um, yeah, pro card system, it's interesting. Pros and cons to it. Yeah, but it, at least it gets the athlete like, oh, I didn't make my world's um, qualification. I came second instead of, you know, I needed first. So now I'm going to have to do this next one in six weeks or whatever. And I think it's uh, that'll be a good way of getting more people to compete because a lot of people yeah. in the online qualifier qualify and then they can just train for the rest of the year Yeah, for the comp. They don't have to worry about doing anything. Yeah, like, like I know people who were, who were not competing this year because the training for the online qualifier. Which is- yeah, that's, well, I mean, all of my athletes that I have going to Worlds, none of them are doing competitions. We are all training for that one singular show. Yeah, well, that's very similar to a lot of a lot of my guys because that's their main focus, main goal, and they've already got the a lot of experience competing. They don't feel like they need to yeah. know, do a few warm up comps or whatever, so they're just going to go. Or plus, over here with um, COVID restrictions, although it's coming down, <laughs> would not surprise me if 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 in three months they did another little four weeker, and if you were training for a comp then you'd be pissed off. So training for world mm. seems kind of like a sensible, uh, consistent choice at the moment. But I, I don't think that's right, though. I think that you should have to, let's say world is in November time. 
you know, it would be nice to have the athletes have to have done some work to qualify, yeah. you know, done a comp or something, even if it was a couple of months before. Um, just and they've to- done that here in the, in the States. Lynn's done that. In the, well, actually, North America, I should say. There's There's been select shows now. So basically what he's doing is, is kind of what he's doing with you guys now. And that like very particular shows will be sponsored shows to earn invites for the individuals uh, who want to compete at Worlds, right? Like, so, you know, first and second place, whatever it may be. Um, but in North America, uh, Official Strongman has actually put on, like, two or three different shows around the States and one in Canada that were, like, these fucked up heavy shows that would be like local like local shows but are basically like national championship quality shows in terms of weight and the podium would get osg invites and they did that for a while here and covid really put the kibosh on that but um i think that's a great way to do it as well like you know have these regional shows you know whether it be in the uk canada united states australia whatever that are just truly aggressive uh and because then you'll find out who's actually going to do well at the main show yeah, because I think the the log dead farmers. It's a nice little set of events to qualify, but the thing I always see with that is um, just just from watching a lot of strongman and athletes and stuff is if somebody's got a, a good deadlift, oftentimes they tend to have a good grip, which means that. They, um, you know, if they've just got that build, you know what I mean? That typical yeah, sure. the build, big, bigger hands, then they can score really well in the farmers and the deadlift. And then the um, log, even if they can just get by, um, they can, you know, the combined score is, is quite high and puts them in qualifying standpoint, but it doesn't really showcase that many aspects of strongman yeah. at all and i think you end up with a specific type like i don't even think there's a grip event at worlds uh, this year no no i don't think there is yeah, um, unless you want to include a, the deadlifts got a grip test to qualify which um you know could screw up screw over some guys that is there well they haven't announced the qualifying the qualifiers yet the qualifiers is, is that not Fiverr Max Log. Am I thinking about a different fucking qualifier? You're yeah, thinking, it's a different show. You're thinking about England's Opens, aren't you? Oh, am I thinking about England's Opens? Yeah, because they haven't announced. They haven't announced. Ah, uh, right. Yet. I'm getting confused with the OSG qualifiers. Aren't I? No, but that has been the qualifier in the past. It's been something like that. Like uh, two years ago, they had a like max weight Husafel for 50 feet. Like, let's just fucking find out how heavy you could go, and yeah. uh, and a few and a few other ones, which is 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 cool. Um, but I, I think we're just kind of like due to where the sport is right now, like kind of have to do these online qualifiers just to kind of fill the seats. And then ultimately like the top 10 is going to be the top 10, no matter what. Yeah. I'd just like to see something a bit different to dead and log. Same. Same. I actually, it's funny you say that because I feel like every single time yeah. I ever look at all any of the. Hello. I was now I'm like, all you motherfuckers like to do is log deadlift. That break up there for you? Yeah, it just broke. I'll just... Oh, I was saying, it's funny. It's funny you say that because every time I look at an English show, I'm like, all these guys like to do is log and deadlift. That's all these motherfuckers like to do. And that's the thing. That, that's the limiting factor with the with the online qualifier is, it, 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 is that it kind of... That there's like a couple of guys that I can think of at the top of my head who were, who were like decent under 90 strongman who 
are going to like it's going to be challenging for them to qualify via the online qualifier because they're not they're not necessarily great at a max single on deadlift and but the the brilliant at like say a massive array of of actual strongman events if that makes sense yeah yeah are both you boys doing the show? I mean, so if if you guys, if you boys could design for shits and googles, if you guys could could design your 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 absolute perfect strongman show, what do you think it'd be? What events? How many of them? Oh wow! Um, what for an online qualifier or, or the no, event? just for a show? Oh well, uh, I, have have you seen the events for Britons? I re- I really like. That. I haven't. I haven't at all, actually. So we've got the we've got basically got four four events at at Luke's gym, and then yep. the. And then the the guys who finish in the top ten qualify for the final four events at my gym. So basically, there's a there's a max deadlift, which obviously coming up quite a lot. But we we've got quite a few guys who are going for uh, record world record at that. Um, oh yeah, a couple of eighty kilo boys, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like I I coach three guys who are the both the three of them are good for the current world record. Oh, I've watched. Um, what else is there? The, and then there's we've put a yoke into yoke into sandbag, yoke into sandbag frame carry, frame carry, um, log uh, bag, axle overhead medley, bag throw. I think isn't that? Yeah. Well, then the final four events is a a car deadlift. There's going to be a car deadlift hold as a grip event, um, sandbag throw to align it with worlds. There's going to be max dumbbell or rising bar dumbbell again. Yeah, I like I like that. Where they can go for the record. There's going to be a few of them going for the world record and that. Um, and then um, a stone series w- where they can finish on the world, current world record stone too. It's amazing. That's a great fucking show. Yeah. What What about you? What What, what would you What would What would you change from from that that kind of sequence or 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 for a five event show, what would be what would you like to see that? Well, the, I hate five event shows to start with that, so that's, that's number one. I, oh, come I on, you, you just tell us what you'd like. Come on. You know what? I'll say I'll say this. I'll, I'll I think I'll parlay it in relation to OSG because I think we're all prepping for it. We're either coaching or competing, right? You guys are. I think you guys might be doing both. Yeah, uh, Shane just um, Shane just coaching because he can't get into the country. Ah, sorry, Shane. Um, Fuck, I can now actually. You're oh. <laughs> the time um, has passed. I would say I really like. I like the events at OSG. I would change a few of them because the the show has gotten easier. Like in my opinion, from one world to the next, it should never get easier. If anything, it should get harder or stay the same in terms of difficulty. And they they reduced. They took an implement out of the death medley, so the show is like that. That medley in particular is literally thirty percent easier now which I think is absurd. And if you're going to do that, like the weight should be way heavier on the other two implements. But um, yeah. if I, if I could design a show, they do seem really light. Yeah. It's, it's way too light and it's way too quick. And I think it's because it just murdered a lot of people last year, but you know, it should, it's fucking worlds like either be good or, or not. Right. So uh, I don't know if I could, design, I like, I like that show a lot. The show you just described. It's a good show. Um, I think, I think maybe one more medley, honestly, yeah, like I, I, I very much enjoy because I, I like I like the full facet of testing for these athletes because kind of right now what I feel like what we're seeing a lot of is the athletes that are really good at deadlifts. They're good enough at y- a yoke and they're good at log. Right. 
And if they have those three, they're pretty much, and if they win all three, they might win the whole show, right? So we kind of see like that archetype being developed. And what I'm seeing is a little bit loss of like the like the actual movers, like the sandbag medleys, the heavy stone medleys, the this event into this event into this event. Like I love those because there's nowhere to hide with those. I love when you, an athlete has to be exposed for all their areas of strengths and weaknesses. So, you know, for a deadlift, I love deficit axle deadlifts, like, we're going to look for reps. Like we're going to find out like, are you good at deadlifting? Cause like, let's see what you could do. Um, I love those because you know, your cardio has to be good and you have to be strong. I really enjoy stone to shoulder. I miss that as an event. You see a lot of stone loads and things like that, but like stone to shoulder takes a different level of uh, coordination and, and focus, which I love. Um, I love that event. Uh, I is actually, you know, it's funny. Tommy Lavelle was talking to me yesterday. He goes, if you could make an event that you've never seen before, what would you do? And I would love a, um, a yoke uh, pin squat rut race, essentially. So I would love like, you know, a low pick yoke, run to a, a certain portion of the field, X amount of squats at that portion, get it going again, X amount of squats, get it going again, finish, like something along those lines. Because yeah. um, just, because fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but things, I, I love things that challenge athletes within certain movement intensities in relation to events that we already do, but bringing another added element to it that like really will test them as a complete package. Like it's not good enough just to be very strong and it's not good enough just to be very fast. You have to be a combination of the two, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I'd, I'd quite like, come to think of it and now we're discussing it. I'd quite like to see like a mystery event at a top show. That's like, yeah, I love that. It's truly not this. Cause like, I love the events that we've picked because obviously we've picked them, but you could go through every one of those and there, and there's kind of a there's kind of a, a structured approach that you can take to prepare for them and like you can kind of anybody with a bit of sense can really actually specialize in those things sure and like um and you can be really prepared like you can get you, you can put a simple plan together that's going to prepare you really really well for that Whereas if you have like some kind of mystery event or even like mystery medley or mystery item medley or something drawn out of a hat, even like then it, I love that. Then it is about actually being, well, let's come on, let's see the, the strongest, most conditioned, versatile, mentally resilient. Mm. Um, I think that would be cool actually. Well, you know what they, you know what they had, uh, Lynn told me, I believe, and I couldn't believe they took it out that this year at worlds, they were going to do, a ladder style, meaning, you know, just like the deadlift style, uh, circus dumbbell, which yeah. I was like, why the, why the fuck did you take that out? That would have been brilliant. We've never seen that at any worlds anywhere, including WSM. And that would have, because a lot of overhead specialists going to this world right now, like a lot of log specialists, which I don't think really portrays the best type of overhead. Like it, it's, it's only, it's so singular, the log, right? And if you have a circus dumbbell ladder going up to a max weight that's near world record, we're going to find out really quick who's actually good at overhead. Yeah, that would be cool, actually. Like yeah, it's like, why'd you take that one out? Like, make it hard. Um, like, the like in my opinion, like, the day, and it's not the bitch moment complaint. Like, I love Lynn. I love the show. At the end of the day, it's, it, we're obviously all training for it. It's going to be great. Um, but, like, the day three events, like, the, like, a bag throw? Come on. Like, that's, like, Why? Like that's, that's day one. Like if you want to find out real quick, I don't think that should be it. Personally, I don't think bag throws a day three event. Yeah. I think bag throw should be day one, uh, ex event one. Yeah. Like cut out the people that are going to suck at it right away. 
in the day one, day one or two. And then on day three, I think day three should just be fucked up events. Like that, like that heavy stone series is phenomenal. Uh, and just something else, just really not nice. Kind of like the power stairs, the following the previous worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Britain's come. The thing, thing I don't like about I remember that like, there's some, there's all, there's all, everyone always forgets that there's that like, <clears throat> there's that split in strongman. And I, I really think it's like a 50-50 split of, people who uh, watch it is the people that like the world style and then the Arnold style where it's like, you know, crazy, heavy, static. Mm. And then you've got the guys that, you know, love the speed and mood events and stuff like that. And whenever I run a comp, I, I always think to myself, which I don't, I basically, I don't try to split it in the middle. I'll just cater to one of the two. Oh, you'll pick a theme essentially. Yeah, because I just think to myself, you know, and that, I think that you need to be good at all all these things. But instead of having like two or three statics, two or three flying around movings, you just blend it t- together. Obviously, still have moving events with the heavy uh, the, the heavy day, but it might just be like like one year at England's under ninety, for example. It was a proper like Arnold style under ninety comp, and the farmers walk the year before was like one twenty kilos, and it was speed, speed, speed. And then the year after was like one forty five or one fifty on these horrible. That's, that's fucking heavy. Yeah, and I remember doing like six drops to get to the the end and it was like a completely different feeling uh, comp and uh, I think that I don't know I just prefer that because if you have this even split of events in every show then you're kind of going to come out with similar winners going in you know if you have similar athletes anyway because the points are always going to be split kind of around around the strengths and weaknesses of the athletes whereas if you have like a real say say england's strongest man was really heavy static based you could get a different top three than you would get at britain's if they maybe made britain's a bit more moving and the way i always looked at it was that this is why i always think james ward is the greatest on the night of all time because he used to win england's britain's europe's world's and he did it for like three years in a row, whether it was heavy static focused, whether it was moving focused, whether it was a little bit of a blend of both. Uh, he was always able to pretty much win every single comp uh, because of his ability to just adapt as an athlete, really. You could see him change for his training block. Like he'd be crap at moving because he'd be trained for this static stuff. And then when he actually focused on it, he could transform himself into this, uh, you know, explosive dynamic conditioned athlete and kind of that's sure. how i kind of uh look at look at strongman competitions um i don't know why yeah, which, I, which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing at all you know i do like that world is a bit balanced because i don't think they really have a choice you know what i mean um but uh speaking of james ward i guess he's got normal nipping on his heels for the greatest 90 of all time huh that's gonna be interesting to see yeah i would love to uh i wish james was still uh able to lift like it would have been would have been interesting. There's there's two. Oh, Jesus Christ, it sucks. There's a a couple of different athletes, though. Funny enough, half of them were from England that I would love to see compete against like their peers now. Like, I think it's a damn shame that Ben Kelsey never got to compete against an in shape, in prime Furman. Just think their their years didn't line up. Yeah. And I think, I was going to say, I think it's a damn shame that um, Ward 
never get to go compete against Naramo because I think those 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 pairings are just so insane. Yeah, the uh, Ben Kelsey was um, oh, just a freak athlete, man. Yeah, he. I mean, he's the greatest one of five of all time. In my like, he just. I think he just is. Like, there's there's no because even. I mean, he competed against Di Marinas, uh, which is probably the second best one of five of all time, Sean Di Marinas, um, but. And we never got to see Ben and Furman go at it or yeah. Yeah. We never got to see some of those insane lineups. And I do think so. Worlds, didn't he? Um, no, Ben never went to OSG. No, no, works. World's strongest man. Oh, did he, did he go, did he go to the qualifiers? Did Ben do that? Yeah. Ben, Ben got to the world and did the qualifiers at one twelve kilos. He didn't go. That's, that's and, so uh, fucked. And I, I know, I know. Well, I don't speak to him as much, but I knew Ben quite well. And Ben was Ben was natural. Uh, what? Which I find crazy. Yeah, and I know people argue this. But I'm not know, taking that bet. I know him. I'm, and he I'm was, not putting uh, money on that one, brother. <laughs> well, have you ever seen a guy with a 190 overhead that has a, a, a 85 to 90 kilo strip press? Yeah, yeah, actually, on, yes. That's on, on gear juiced because Ben has these ratios, which yeah. I believe sound reasonable to be natural. Like he, he, he could not press a thing, but he could put every, anything over his head. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I know plenty of weightlifters who are on drugs that have ratios like that. You, you know plenty. I've never met anyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, in I the weightlifting community, that's a very. That's a very normal ratio in the weightlifting community. And do they train strict press? No, like zero. Right. Well, Ben's training. Well, even 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 the ones that did, like, yeah, you don't like that's that's interesting you say that because like even with myself, like, like I I mean I think my best strict is like fucking I don't know sixty five kilos, like some terrible strict press, but I've jerked easily one fifty, like, and never had issues with it. But you know. Hmm. But wait, but that's also something you often find in weightlifters. I always just assumed shit like that was just if you have a ratio like that, you're just in my opinion, you're just viciously efficient. Like that, should, at least in my opinion, that should be the ratio. Like if you're if you're strict pressing 150 kilos, I'm with you on this. Like I yeah, like if you're strict pressing 150 kilos and your overhead's only 180, I think you're I think you're stupid. Like yeah, there's something wrong with you. That. That's what I think. Yeah, but if you look at the top weightlifters, they all have big strict presses as well. No, who? Well, like, off the top of my head, like Clarence Kennedy, a clock off. Um, I mean, big for sure, like in comparison to like normal humans, right? Because like they're fucking freaks. But like, what clock off could probably strict? I don't know, one fifty, we'll say, right? But he's jerked like two thirty, <laughs> like some, like you know, two forty. Yeah, but the ratio rack. of one fifty to two thirty to me seems about where i'd expect whereas like eight 60 70, 80 kilo range that to me is like like i strict pressed 70 kilos when i walked in the gym like when i was 16 so to why, me i'm like why do, you, why do you gotta shit on me like that man i'm a guess <laughs> well, I did, like, that's, that, was what, that, that was my first strict press was uh i got one plate aside so, hey, so man, i would guess so so i always think to myself like surely if you just you're a man who's on anabolics <laughs> You're a man who's on anabolics that can grow some shoulders. Surely you can, like the amount of lads that just go to the gym that train just for the crack. Yeah. That can strict press 100. Yeah. I always think to myself, Ben, Kelsey, he's got these tiny little shoulders. 
you know, his traps and delts weren't blown up as if he was using. And he had this terrible upper body strength, but could put 180 axles, 180 logs over his head. And he's drug tested for his job extremely regularly. So what does he, he do for work? He's a firefighter. Oh, right. So he um, and one of his reasons why he stopped, he told me, was that he didn't think he could get further in Will's Strongest Man unless he used PDs. So he decided that it wasn't for him. And that's one of the reasons why he stopped. And um, I don't know. Dude, I just, if, I like If Ben was truly, if he was, that's incredible. That's, that's insane. That's, that's a yeah, wonderful That's what I'm saying. But when I say he's a freak, I genuinely, I don't know why I believe him. I just, you know, well, I mean, I have no reason to think he's lying. I'm mostly just talking shit here for shits and giggles. But um, I just assume if you've ever reached a podium, at a Europe's or a World Strongest Man, there's not a snowflake's chance in hell you're, you're natty. Like, that's just the opinion I've always had. And nor should you be, in my opinion. Like, you should not be doing strongman at the highest levels natural. Like, it's, I think you're going to fuck your shit up. That's what I want to do in the weight classes eventually in the next few years. In an 80 or 90? Uh, 81st. How tall are you, if you want me to ask you? Uh, five, five, eleven, like one eight. You want to be eight, five, eleven at eighty? Whoa, that's tall, I, I man. Think, I think if you're on PEDs, there's, there's more chance of fucking you shit up. You think so? I do. Yeah, I, I, I don't see any. I can't think of any example of a natural guy like popping a bicep or a fucking hamstring or maybe because I just come from. Uh... In, in USAW, which is the United States Weightlifting Federation, um, it's it's probably I would argue is the most natural weightlifting federation or like groupings within a country in the world, just because USADA, USA Anti Doping Agency, is aggressive as fuck. Like they, if you're on Team USA or even anywhere close to it, they literally will just show up to your house at like 2 a.m. and randomly test you, like literally, like you no, know, and you have like all the athletes have to have an app on their phone that tracks where they are at all times and if they turn it off they'll get a warning and if they turn it off again they're like kicked off the team like it's it's a very aggressive process and uh i was you see actually i see these injured guys getting uh, sorry these uh, natural guys getting injured all the time just because they're trying to keep up with these international guys i'm like you're not like you're not going to do it you're not like you cannot keep up with enhanced athletes and i do think you're right though i do think there's definitely certain levels of performance enhancing drugs that make certain injuries more like occur in high frequency, like biceps, like you mentioned and things like that. But um, I, I, I found that like when I see enhanced acid, I feel like they're with, with weightlifting, the position is very similar every time. Well, that's in, why they get hurt. That's why they get hurt a lot. It's, it's just yeah, but repetitive it's more like, in the same area. That it's more like repetitive uh, issues they're going to get. Whereas strongman, you can get in yeah. a weird position by accident yeah. in a show yeah. where you're rushing and then something, you know, pop or go, whatever. And I just have seen that the natural guys, Paul Smith, for example, uh, um, over here, who's competed for probably eight, nine years straight. I don't think he's ever had any time out with any kind of serious injury. And um, he's just chipping away, plodding away, getting stronger linearly. Whereas these other guys that are, you know, juicing and, and they, they, they can push their strength levels faster, they've probably had over that eight years that Paul's been chipping away, they've probably had t- 
two or three years out where they've had to fix stuff. And the, the interesting thing I've seen with Paul at the moment is he's still getting better. And it's like the kind of tortoise and the hare race. He's putting so many years in consistently that he's finally getting to the point where he's getting close to him uh, naturally. Honestly, you know what I think it is? I just think a lot of people want to compete at a high level, They're usually young. And if they get on these performance enhancing drugs, those are also mood enhancer and personality enhancers. And if you're a bit of a dickhead, you're going to do some dickhead stuff. When that's gonna, I think that's what kind of like the personality was kind of inclined them more towards injuries than maybe the actual chemical breakdown of the gear in and of itself. Because at least in my experience with some of the athletes that I dealt with that use drugs, which all of my competitive athletes do because we want to be competitive. Um, I found that it's actually helped a lot of certain individuals' careers that had injuries unrelated to the sport and just from life, you know, car wrecks, shit like that. And certain, certain drugs, if it wasn't for them, like a growth hormone, for example, really kind of helped them actually get back in shape and, and uh, actually bring them to the level which they compete now. But again, that's only very mature athletes, but I, I, could, I definitely agree with you that drugs uh, due to like certain personalities will increase injury risk yeah i think um, it's just like the, th- the the load threshold tolerance of certain muscle groups as well i think it's easy yeah. to ramp the strength past its threshold totally that happens all the time yeah and then if the athlete is not aware and like you say goes off program goes really heavy on something goes way past his load tolerance yeah uh, that's when it's like Oh, that's why that's why program design is totally different. Like you know how I program for athletes enhanced and those that aren't. It's like those are totally two different styles because you cannot you can't treat those two groups the same. Um, in fact, like with with the enhanced athletes, they're actually being pulled back quite a bit often. At least with how I program because for the very reason you're describing, like they get blow you know their their physical strength and their muscular strength could blow right past uh, endurance, thresh- um, sorry, tendon thresholds and things like that. Yeah, that's that's basically the same with me. I'm always like, especially somebody who's really strong, I'm like really cautious because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't want something mad to happen. Um, so yeah, whereas a natural guy, I feel as though pretty confident that I can let him, let him push and he'll fail the lift before he goes over that threshold he won't be able, he won't be able to so he's, he'd be kind of safer so to speak to train consist more consistent at the higher uh, percentage of rp that's that's almost what like i feel like i feel like because like i can never take big jumps in my training like my progress is just being for being so consistent like just taking these micro jumps like i'm never gonna put like fucking five ten kilos on a lift like in a short period if that makes any sense like it's just all like just i don't get your training at all you work out for like four days straight in one hour i don't understand how the fuck you manage to do the volume you're doing i nope. see do you shay did you see some of the things this guy posted like oh, i did like 30 sets of yoke today i'm like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah i know i know exactly what he does it's uh i mean i've seen it happen over a long period of time so i've seen the slow work capacity increase oh it's incredible I, but it's got to the point now where i'm like like how <laughs> yeah uh, i think i bust your chops all the time online about that josh like what are you doing but the thing the thing is like if if it, like for anybody who follows my training like at no my point is there's never like it's always logical it's like oh i did 55 yeah. or whatever like if you look at last week i did 
it's just a couple more sets than like it's- yeah and you're also you're also never failing i've literally never seen you fail i don't ever see you going super oh, heavy always failing <laughs> I failed, I failed 250 deadlift last night i failed two- oh never never mind there goes my logic <laughs> I failed 290 deadlift last night then ran around the room strapped back to it and uh when i got it oh congrats <laughs> well josh says but yeah earns his max attempt so if he does put a good couple of sessions in on the trot where he's doing the lower volume graft he'll like oh i'm gonna reward myself today and go and fucking try this or whatever and sometimes well most of the time he gets it because his weight selection is good but if he doesn't get it it doesn't seem to knock his recovery or anything down he just missed the lift so then he just picks up from the next day again and continues on what do you out of curiosity josh are there are there certain models and that you're basing your your training on like in terms of like your progressions your linear progressions your undulating like there's certain like training modalities that you're basing on or is this years and years of experience that you're kind of just accumulating things yeah well it it's just like i guess i'm literally just make it up as i go along like that's it do you have a background in like, did you go to school for exercise science or anything like that? Or you just kind of fell in love with training? I did a, a bachelor's degree in coaching and sport development and did um, like some strength and conditioning stuff. Like I, I started off doing strength and conditioning and then like set up my business like seven years ago or eight years ago, or whatever. And then was doing like strength and conditioning for like, say general pop, but like boxing, sure, sure. was rugby, tennis. And then I kind of got into the the strength sports and powerlifting and whatnot. And like the last few years, it's just been exclusively strongman. But for me, but like it's a good question because my my approach is what I seem to be good at as a coach is like not being emotionally attached to history and like what other yep. people do. And it's like I just look at the what it, 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 what in my opinion, look at it from a logical perspective of doing a needs analysis of the sport of the individual that I have and say, right, well, what's going to get you more points at a strongman comp? Um, and then basically work out how to do that rather than having like, say, kind of templates that I'd use to, you know, oh, this is my system, go and use it. Like basically I look at, I do a needs analysis of the athlete and think, right, well, how the fuck are we? Like so, some guys, if they, they have a lift lagging behind, like I'll get them to train it every day. I'll get them to do overhead seven times a day. I won't be scared of giving somebody deadlifts six times a week if they're willing and i'll undulate the intensities to facilitate recovery um no matter who it no matter who it is and like everybody is surprised that oh my god i didn't expect to be able to recover like oh the value that i'm getting working at these uh, working at 60 percent today working at 90 85 uh, percent on that day and then if i work at 45 percent for whatever like they're just amazed at all the progress they can make from all the different kind of uh, working levels. But, but yeah, but basically the, that's, and, and I just look at it. We've, uh, we spoke on Instagram briefly, didn't we about the, about models and stuff like that. And, um, and, and I, I, I find like, say looking at like big macro cycles for, for strong, for strongman generally, I find it quite, quite, quite difficult for the for the guys that I coach in the you like say guys who compete Britons and uh, official strongman games whatever like the kind of guys that I coach who like my style 
like they, they like to like most most of them like to compete so yeah. they, they actually do it because they love it and they're actually saying right well yeah i've got this big show and i want to go for a record at britain's or whatever but i also want to do this comp here and here can we can we do that for but, but basically brave but basically i get kind of get getting people to work at a level where the the peaking for this main main thing and that's what the big kind of cycle uh, yeah. about. but how we can get them competing and uh, putting the kind of effort level for these lower level comps and their expectations so they're not so they're still getting value from it and experience but they're not kind of peaking physically nor the expectation yeah. level psychologically they're not they're not wasting any but like i've got guys that might do really well at like say a big comp and they go to like a a lower level practice com, and they, they, they might turn up and they might look shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Because they're unpeaked for it, but but their expectations, uh, like like I don't try and peak everybody for a comp every six weeks. Like that that doesn't work. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It sounds like you're doing high frequency, uh, you know, undulating intensities, and, and yeah, and and, it, and you know, with maybe a main focus on one particular show, which which is cool. I mean, obviously, like anyone that's worked in training knows like, you know, higher frequency will get someone better at something. That's kind of just that simple. And so assuming you don't break them, which is fine. Yeah. And that, 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 that's the, that's the number one thing for me is like, is well, it should be for every, co any coach in my opinion is like prioritizing recovery and then, yeah. and then scale, scaling up from there and finding that base level. Uh, and, and I can, I can relate to you, you know, cause you, you mentioned, you know, your training's, a bit different than maybe how other coaches in the area do it for you. You know, when I first started coaching strongman two years ago, I'm a weightlifting coach. Like how I program is entirely different. And a lot of strongman coaches in the area are like, oh, well, that's not going to work. And it's like, oh, well, you know, three national champions later, it, it seems like it's working. Um, but, you know, it's people are definitely scared to fall out. You know, I think culture is the, is the ironically, one of the biggest enemies of creativity. Because anytime someone then gets obsessed with one particular way of doing something or a culture of something, they stop thinking. Um, and they stop wanting to expand upon that. Like, you know, I have like, you know, I have some strongman athletes squatting, you know, three to five times a week. And a lot of people think it's insane. It's like, well, you know, watch their deadlift skyrocket. And it's like, oh, well, you squat for deadlift? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. So it's just, there's just certain things that you, coming from different background allowed me to yeah. not have to deal with how people do things inherently just because you're not married to that culture. Well, you, you know what? That's what we love about this, uh, about this podcast is like, we get people like you on. We had like, um, say other coaches like uh, Max McCall, he came on recently and like, it's just brilliant just having like, say just different approaches and different ideas that are all getting results and all like the proofs in the pudding for all, all of us. Like, yeah. um, but he, he, I just find it fascinating how we can all like take little bits from each other and think that, oh, well that, uh, that way just doesn't make sense lo logically, but then you yeah peel it back and understand the rationale behind each different way. And, and you actually think that there actually may, may be some context where you use some of the stuff that I use or uh, some of the approaches that Shane uses for your, your kind of athletes. I think, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's amazing like talking and like, I've got so much from Shane. I've got so much from my other, other coaches and stuff. Like it was interesting having the Shane. Do you remember having the debate with Max? And he was on about he, he was perplexed with the daily deadlifts, wasn't he? Like he just got Marimu doing it now, wasn't he? Yeah, How's that gone? 
and then after the podcast, he got a, he, he did a block with uh, Narimu. He did the daily deadlift for like a six week block in his off season, and it was like, oh my god, my positions feel my positions feel better. I feel like my leg drives so so much better. Uh, my, uh, his bar path was better. He, he like wasn't wasn't kicking the bar forward as much. And you know, it's uh, funny. I that's, that's hilarious. That you have like a daily deadlift that equates to. I mean, obviously, it's going to equate to success as long as the intensities are good. You're going to get technically more proficient. Being technically more proficient will make you a better deadlifter, right? I have a I have like a, a block and program that I've written where I have zero deadlifts to PR your deadlift. A block that I've written and it works every time. <laughs> like zero deadlifting by the end of that block, you'll PR your deadlift. So the, so the, this is the, this is the key thing is um, and it's not better it's just like different exactly, exactly. and the, and the maybe that like in the kind of macro cycle or whatever the the, the like basically so, someone does my, my kind of method and they'll get they'll get to a point where they're like fuck me it's getting tough to progress or the sessions are getting tough or it's getting psychologically tough so then we yeah. go into the next cycle and we do right we're going to do no deadlifts we're going to do this this approach to move the deadlift and then. They're still following the same fucking principles of progressive overload, aren't they? But yeah. but the thing is, the, the key as a coach, in my opinion, is like as long as we get as long as we're getting progressive overload that's specific to the stimulus that the the things that we want in the things that we actually need to be good at for our sport. Yeah. Like what the skill is as a coach, which I think where a lot of people go wrong is actually keeping it keeping the athlete psychologically engaged and. Like without it be without it being boring, people people yeah, like so so we might do like a say 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 an athlete may really benefit from doing a, a six week block my kind of style going into your kind of style six week block yeah it, I mean that's yeah man, it, it all it's what you're saying it's all just training you know it's all I mean training at the end of the day is just a series of principles and then you use those principles and apply to whoever you want like. I don't even like using the word my own style just because like I like to just like, yeah, listen, yeah. I, I, I like to just do just do what works. And if you follow the basic scientific principles of exercise science, you could almost do anything and make it work as long as you don't fuck them up. Like that's that's the main thing. Like just don't fuck up the athlete, you'd be good. Yeah. Shane, yeah. Shane, what is your background in training? So again, he just broke up. I was gonna say, what, what is your background in training? Well, mine started. Well, my own training, or you mean from the... Uh, sure, your own into coaching, sure. Well, I started off as a kickboxer, did it from when I was two till I was 16. I used to swim a lot as well, and then was just a good athlete. Mum made me join the gym, I was 16, and then it kind of slowly, I don't know, it just kind of grabbed me, I guess. I'd already yeah. trained, I had like a... I only used to bench press, <laughs> I had a bench from when I was at 12. So I had like a hundred kilo bench when I joined the gym. That's pretty uh, good. Because I'd, <clears throat> I remember just, I wanted, like, he was doing them shitty bars, one inch bars and all the plates. I wanted to bench all the plates I had. So I looked like one of them little stupid bars with like the one and a half kilos on the end. Mm. And then I finally benched it all. And I remember my dad trying to bench it. And I remember being severely disappointed when he failed because <laughs> I just assumed he was like the strongest person ever. And I, I don't <laughs> but then I joined the gym and I met Ben France, who, um, I don't know if you know him, he's come like, I always get it wrong, Josh. Does he won Masters Worlds or has he come second at Masters Worlds? Yeah, I'm not sure. He's, he, he's done the, uh, the, I'm not sure. He's, he's a bit of a legend in the UK strongman scene. An OG, isn't he? It's what? He's an OG. 
Yeah, exactly. And Ben, Ben basically, uh, I started training, slinging some random tin around. I then decided that I wanted to be in the gym. So Ben said, if you do your gym instructor qual, I'll give you a, a job. So I started working there when I was 17. Uh, 18, I went to Mark Haydocks, who's a bit of a old old school uh, legend in the, what's it called? The IWA, odd, it's like the odd lifts strength thing, isn't it? I don't, think I, I don't think I'm aware of that. He's like the Dinny Stones um, world record holder for lo- longest. He's held like the Dinny Stones for like 40 odd seconds or something, I mean. Okay. Sure. So I, I still follow Mark now. Mark actually came to Josh's gym a couple weeks ago. It makes me he's, laugh because he's he coming down on the fi- he'll be there on the 1st of May, Shane, in the morning before we do our... And by the way, it's the 1st of May, not 2nd of May. Because yeah, I, only, I only went to Mark's like twice. So he went and I was an 18-year-old kid, you know what I mean? He would not have remembered, he would not remember me, but I went there, lifted some stones and a log and some other stuff. And I remember everybody telling me, fucking hell, you're really good at this, like... Because I cleaned, I cleaned like an, the log was like ninety empty, and I cleaned it, and then the stone I loaded like a one ten stone or something, and I didn't know if that was good. I got told I was good, so I entered Northern England's under ninety, um, and then started training for that. Qualification wise, I started. I did like my level three PT uh, when I was like nineteen twenty, and then I got too sucked into strongman. Really, I sacked a lot of education off for a few years. Um, then I did my sports science degree when I was about 24 through open uni, something like that. And then, um, since then I did just seminars, really a lot of work. It's like baptism by fire. You kind of just jumped in the training early. Yeah. And then the Tom Hibbert, I learned a lot of stuff off Tom, um, did like a bit of a bit of work with Tom, been to quite a few of his seminars, um, Broderick Chavez, I like Broderick Chavez. Uh, I like Broderick as well. Been a lot of his, well, I've been one of his seminars, but done a lot of his stuff on his site, Team Evil. Um, he's the he's the drug expert. Yeah, he's and Andrew Triano learned a lot of Andrew. Mm. Um, Andrew came over and stayed with me for a week. Actually, I learned so much in that. Oh, really? Yeah, just living in my house, just chatting with him for a week. I just learned so much stuff. He's just like a mind fuck of information. Interesting fellow. <laughs> and then competing wise. My kind of prime competing was from when I was, well, literally 1918, because my first England Strongest Man qualifier, I trained for like six, seven months, had no skill in anything, and I came fourth at the Northern Englands and qualified to England in my first year. It's quite funny as well, because the first, there's a video on YouTube, actually. The first event was a keg press into a log press, into a safe press, into a 115 axle press. Now, my, my max overhead was 105, uh, as a push press and I remember googling the night before how to put some overhead and I found weightlifting and I found a split jerk and um, <laughs> literally the night before the comp I watched like 50 split jerk videos and I went out and split jerk this axle perfect so it's a pretty good split jerk actually that's hilarious so yeah I did uh, pretty well in that comp and qualified to England and then um, back then there was only really uh, the the one under ninety show, which was the pathway. So I had to do the Northerns and the and then I did the Englands, but I didn't qualify to the Britons then. So that was kind of my comp season over. So that's when I, I ended up doing things like Preston Strongest Man open weights, and I used to compete like 10, 15 times a year because well, was, I was just new to the sport and I was like, get me in the comps, but they were they were all open weight comps. So yeah, it was pretty mad. And then we did the. I did England's qualified to England's five times, won Northern England's strongest man five times, 
came second to England's three times, never fucking won the thing, to three different people, lost to James Ward, lost to Aaron Egoyen and Tom Hibbert, who are all like, still now, Aaron's got the under 80 log record still, he's, he's just broke that like a year ago. Oh, under 80 log record. Yeah. It might be the, might be the British record, is it, Josh? I was going to say, it's, it's a British record, not the, not the world record, because the world it's record isn't, not Aaron. Oh, okay. Yeah, it might be the British record. 142, I think he pressed kilos, but 305 really? pounds. You know, I have it written down right here. I run the, I run the, uh, the uh, record account with uh, Luke oh. Davies. So I, I have all these numbers in front of me all the time. Yeah, it must be the British record then that he's Let's got. See. Some, some kind of record. Tom Hibb, obviously well into yes. the 90s. Yeah, record. Uh, and, and the one of does he have the no he's not got the one of five Rob Kearney's got the one of five hasn't he? Rob Kearney still has the one of five log record at yeah, one eighty two, and Gagdon has the lightweight record at one forty five. Yeah, so these uh, guys that I lost England's to all went on to do uh, the sport for the well they're still doing it now, and uh, so it's quite quite a good feel back then under night. So I don't feel too bad. Are you still are you, are you still actively competing now? I'm kind of like in this zone where. I did. I got really pissed off with strongman with the under eighties, um, because I dieted. That that story I said before about dieting down, and they changed the weighing on the day, and I had a bit of a bad day. Basically, I was competing dehydrated and cramping, and ended up in fucking hospital on a drip. And I thought to myself, I'm not putting my body through that kind of risk uh, for a promoter that just changes the event. No, well, the, the weighing time on the day. That's why it really pissed me off. So I took, I took a big break off Strongman after that. It really pissed me off, actually. So I did powerlifting for two years. Got the highest UK under night powerlifting total. But then I blew my hamstring in my next comp. That was my first serious, first serious injury. So I took, it took a year to fix my hamstring. And then I dropped a fucking 260 squat on my hand. Um, and the... Rack pin went straight through my hand and severed every tendon, nerve, ligament, bone, artery, piss and blood. Had hand reconstruction surgery last March. So I gotta put you in a bubble, man. You just coach now. That's it. And also that, took, uh, that took eight months. You did the uh, one seven five log last week. Oh yeah, you're doing took, fine then. <laughs> well, I took it. Took me basically this last two years has been injuries for the first time in my kind of like lifting life just like injuries that have took me completely out for like two years and I wasn't sure if I was gonna especially this hand like wasn't really sure if I was gonna be able to do anything um because everybody was telling me there's no way you can bring it back to full strength with, with full reconstruction and all this but now I'm uh, the strongest I've ever been and I feel really good real healthy like last night I did 153 strict log for 10 reps wait, wait, wait. you just did 175 log the other day yeah strict are you are you near 90 I'm 94 wait wait are you fucking MTS systems who is this yeah Mr. <laughs> systems yeah Jesus fucking Christ I was like who the fuck am I talking to for the past hour I didn't realize it was you dude your log, your log is insane <laughs> <laughs> your log is absolutely insane i ma- i watched you look i was like who the fuck is this guy that's incredible <laughs> because yeah, you, well, yeah, when that's... you just said you did 175 i was like wait a second there's only 190 guy in the world doing 175 and that's that guy from england it's you great <laughs> yeah yeah well that's where so, th- so that that's why that log meant a lot because genuinely when i started my log cycle 
I couldn't lap a hundred kilos because my hand would open because I just couldn't grip anything because my left hand, well, my little finger doesn't work. I can't close my little finger or open it properly. So, and the ring finger as well is like running at about 50%. So I have to like just go, I mean, I know, I know your three strongest fingers, the other ones anyway, but it still helps. Yeah. They, 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 when you pick a log up, it's surprising that if your little finger's weak, it tilts when you try and lap it, like it ro- rolls out your hand. So I've had to co- overcome a lot of issues on that, but now it's just taken, I didn't really do anything. It's just taken time. And now it feels like I don't think about it. Like I can do a pull-up, like I can jump up to a bar and do a pull-up. Whereas before I would have to like step up on a bench, make sure I got the perfect grip and then hope I could do a couple of pull-ups or or have to use straps. Whereas now I'm like, I don't even think about it really. So I'm going to look to, well, I've got a comp in June or something that'll be my first strongman comp in about three years um, that I'm going to do. So I'm really looking forward to, to doing that. Dude, why aren't you? Have you said why? Why couldn't you leave? You said before you could leave the country, but you are you going to do OSG then? Yeah, well, the reason why I didn't do OSG the last two years is literally well, the, the well last year was the injury, but the year before that I was all set a hundred percent to go. Was training for it was in really good shape, and um, I basically fucking this is like what maybe six years ago now. I got running with the law, and because they basically took four years to Was it because you're too strong i wish it was it's because <laughs> it's because i accepted a bribe i was getting done for bribery bribery what was it for <laughs> somebody I paid to go into it well i don't mind everybody knows somebody paid me cash to give some telephone numbers that i, I had access to for the business i worked for so it's the it's the what? short story of it so so do you, do you get uh, random people ring, ring, calling your phone in the USA? By oh, all the time. Yeah, well, that's all because of Shane. You son I, wish, of I wish it was all because of me, because then I got a lot more money, but I am responsible for a lot of it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all these P- PPI claims because of uh, Shane. Yeah, basically, I work, oh, for, yeah. I work for an insurance company, so if somebody crashed their car yeah. and I would know their name and number, so I would text my mate, their name and number and he'd give me 50 quid for every Dude, name and number so that's it, hilarious yeah so anyway i was getting done for bribery but there was no evidence so it took him four years to actually give me my uh sentence but the problem is is when you got this like pending sentence you can't leave the country because they don't sure. know what your punishment is like is your punishment and also the uh, americans obviously quite strict anyway they couldn't see what it's for they just know i'd have a pending i could have it could have been for anything you know what i mean right 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 so i had to wait, wait, wait. done now that i know who you are i got to go back a few questions wait a second <laughs> are you natural i'm not natural no i'm a oh, th- i was going to say all right thank god i was like there's no fucking way um <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. I shouted Anadrol. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. You, you did. Um, wait, wait, sh- Josh, what do you, what? All right, I got to ask because I only run into this now seemingly just from like my, my UK friends. There's like, there's like, like a divide over there of like natural people, unnatural people. And like people are like, oh, I'm not going to do it. People are like, we don't give a fuck. Because like over here, like no one gives a fuck. <laughs> like it's just like, whatever. Do you, come as you may. In fact, so like, are you, are you trying to, you're trying to, compete or win worlds natural josh 
Well, yeah, I just want to just want to compete initially, but like eventually, I want like I want to be world champion. Yeah. Oh, awesome! I love that goal. Why natural? <laughs> just out of curiosity. No, it's just, it it just fits my fits my lifestyle. It's like fair enough. When I when I started get like pushing us like really pushing the strongman a couple of years ago, I like I'm completely open to it. By the way, like yeah. to a point where like oh yeah, I think it's going to be the logical next step. Then then I will. But like I'm I'm progressing it. As quick a rate now as I ever have ever done at any point, I just feel, feel great. So it's like, um, yeah, that makes sense. If, if I get to the if I get to the point where like, I'm I don't know, say say eventually get to top ten at OSG, and I feel like fuck me, that it's going to be a massive step up to get to the. But I know, I know what a lot of the guys are lifting, and like I'm not in, I'm not intimidated by any of the numbers that. Yeah. That the guys who were, um, no, I, I love that. I think I think it's smart. I think a lot of people hop on early. I think that's smart. Yeah. Well, and, well, uh, I, I I do I do think too. Like one thing that I do appreciate is that like for the first I think for the first time ever publicly, like you have like three very different coaches, yeah. all who are successful in their own right, actually able to talk about like things like drugs now because in the past no one would talk to you openly yeah. and describe that's it. That's what we've done with this podcast. Is like. Shane and I are like like I, I'm what natural Shane's enhanced or whatever, but neither of us are like both of us are completely open to both approaches. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm I'm not pro nor against yeah. being natural. Like I coach guys who take gear, I coach people who are natural. I'm neither for nor against it. And it, and in, in Shane's defense, like well. Not that we need to defend anything, but like I know loads of pe- loads of people who sh- who sh- have started coaching with Shane who take gear, and he gets them to fucking come off and and so prioritize the training and or or, or lower the doses and stuff like like it's not a case yeah. for like yeah I'm very much I do that all the time because in the UK especially I don't know it's like in the US but in the UK it's legal you can just buy it like it's it's cheap what pro- cheap what cheap protein you can just go get it and that's what are you talking was, about you just go get it well you just buy gear you just go that's buy it crazy no you we have to go, 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 go on a website like you're on a website and order some gear and jump through hoops over here yeah so over here it's very 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 common for someone to start strongman they join a strongman gym everybody's on gear they pop a guy on gear he's on 500 mega test he's, he's just right off the bat yeah, his lifts shoot up, but everything's horrendous. So I'm like, look, you've not even learned to lift yet, and peds don't teach you to lift. So let's come off the peds, and then you teach them to lift. And then they'll oftentimes be like, oh, I'm stronger now than I was when I was on test. And we'll, we'll, yeah, that's yeah, kind of like how it works. And then oftentimes these guys will be like, can I take gear now? Can I take gear? And I'll be like, well if you want to, you know, not my choice. I said, I said, you don't need to, I said, you can continue this progress as you are, but they kind of get stuck in the stigma of well, everybody in their gyms on it. So yeah. So it's a cultural issue. Yeah. So, so it's over here. It's, 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 it's very like, like, that's why I say to, to, uh, about, I said about Ben Kelsey before about the amount of lads that just train in the gym, the 110, 15 kilo strip press, because they just get juiced up and train shoulders and yeah, yeah. they, they, you know, that's why to me, I associate gear with having 
a big press because I just think with the amount of androgen receptors in the delts trap triceps, it just yeah. blows your press up. And yeah, I mean, the shoulders also have like the most mixed fiber type out of any other portion of the body. That makes sense. Yeah. So it, to me, I always associate if somebody's strict press or bench press goes up really drastic, but their jerk doesn't so much. I'm like, hmm, you know, maybe they've started, you know, on a SARM yeah. on, on something because... SARMs, oh, God, I hate those. You hate SARMs, do you? Oh, yes. I Just toxic cesspool. I, I hate them. They're just, I'm, slowly, they're just, I, I'm slowly going off them, to be fair. Maybe not Cardri, and I think GW5 or what. Well, it's not with SARM, really. Is it? Which, one, which ones were you, were you running for yourself, you know what I'm asking? Uh, I haven't run a SAM in a little while. Uh, well, I, I take GW501. I take that pretty much year round. Really? Uh, yeah, I've, I've taken it for three years straight. Um, <laughs> You're a brave man. <laughs> <laughs> Why? If you see my blood levels, you'd be like, so- Right. No, I'm sure, I'm sure your blood levels and all that's fine. My only issue with SARMs is there's just so I, I love research. I love data. I love having the information. I'm sure you, I, I think both of you guys do. Um, so with SARMs, it's like there's nothing like there's no peer reviewed studies. We have no real clinical trials. We have nothing. So I have nothing to go off of. And it, that makes me nervous. Whereas like, you know, if someone's going to use like Anabar tests, all these other drugs, like, yeah, we have countless studies to know like what group it's going to do to certain groups of individuals i'm sure for the most part some sarms are fine but even it's funny even like broderick um and for those that don't know if any of you ever someone listening if you're interested in doing drugs one day one educate yourself and two if you want to do that go to broderick chavez website team evil gsp you'll learn everything you need to know um but even 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 broderick fucking hates sarms he's he, yeah, he, for know, the same reasons i know him and andy get on really well yeah uh, and i'm just trying to love sarms he loves them, but I'll say this. Andy Triana uh, loves experimentation. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I do. Because the thing is, <laughs> yeah. to me is I always think to myself, if you look at look at anything, like absolutely, and not even in like when we're talking about drugs, just anything about how far they've come. And yeah. uh, they, they sh- I, can't, I can't remember the exact like scenario, but I know that they stripped the uh, funding for basically research into, uh, you know, PEDs. Yeah, and usage in, in medicine. So they haven't really changed anything in like 40, 50 years. And quite a bit. Is it because it doesn't need to be changed or, or is it just because they they haven't put, like imagine if they put like millions. I think we're just missing funding. Yeah, and what, and what they would come up with now, there'd probably be some absolutely mad steroid that you can fucking take, get jacked and healthy and live forever. <laughs> but um Honestly. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, Psalms to me, although they're not um, as well researched and there's not the time frame there, I just feel as though there's so much more to work with nowadays that you would expect them to be, um, you know, at least somewhat safe in, in comparison. Like if I'm willing to take Halo testing up to a comp. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. If you're willing to blast Halo, you're probably fine on Carter. Yeah, you see what I mean? I'm not saying everybody should yeah. take arms, but By the way, when I'm, I'm talking all this stuff shit, I'm putting in my body, I'm like, you know. I'm talking all this shit, but in this cupboard right here is like Carter and a few others. So, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why I'll take, I'll tell you why I take Carterine, um year round is because even on a cruise, 
it drops my resting heart rate. If I'm like on a yeah, big test, it drops my resting heart rate, my blood pressure, and all my blood lipids are completely different on or off it, like in terms of health markers. And, yeah, cardio um, goes through the roof. Yeah, and I just feel better on it. I don't know what it is. Like I'll be training and um, I'll sit down for a minute after my set and I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll do another set. Whereas if I'm not on it, I'll be out of breath and, and waiting five, 10 minutes. It's quite a drastic same with beta alanine, cardarine and beta alanine. Yeah, beta alanine for sure. Yeah, if I if I stack those two together with like when I'm in a proper training block, trying to acquire a lot of work, it I feel like I can just I don't know, like I got another set of lungs and I can just keep going. Yeah. Josh is over here like fuck you two losers. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is just doing twenty. I, I find I love to I love listening to about listening about it because I, I do find it fascinating. Definitely because like I said, like I'm not opposed to it. Like for me, it's just, it's just like, I, well, I coach a lot, lot of like, I suppose a lot of lifters out there who are, who are wanting to be competitive and they're, and they're doing well and they're beating a lot of the guys who were, who were taking gear anyway. Like, um, yeah, it's what Shane's saying. Like you should only go on when you should, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like for me, right, like, right, right now, like it just, just really fit, fits fits my my lifestyle and and like I, i'm i'm just i'm not intimidated by like i'm not one of the i'm not an excuse maker i'm not going to be like like I, I i believe i can fucking I, I believe i can be competitive at world's level 100 like whether i'm wrong i don't give a fuck but i believe it and um and i and i'm not i'm never going to be like blaming it on the fact that oh i don't i, I don't i don't take gear so it's so, no. a lot of people like, underestimate on gear as well. Like um, the the the. I don't give a fuck. Your structure, Josh. Like you're at like ninety kilo now, and if you train natural for the next year and a half, you know you might add a kilo or two or two. Yeah, it might be ninety three, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you if you even if you were on a low dose test now. Uh, your lifestyle would not change. No, I don't think anything would change if you're trying to make a test. But in a year and a half, you'd be like 98, 99. Yeah. Josh Ongear, you're never making 80. You're never making 90 again, probably. <laughs> like you'd probably go to 105. I didn't realize how tall you were. Yeah, you've got your frame will hold. You know, if you just give it a little touch, you know, your frame will be like, oh, thank you. And, and, I, suppo- I suppose for me, like, like say, say another thing is like, but like, I don't want to be any heavier than I am now. I'm like, 89 90 kilos or whatever like yeah. i don't want to be any heavier than i am now like i've been like a couple of years ago i was up to 116 kilos and like e- even at, even at high 90 kilos like I, my, my sleep's terrible I, like sleep apnea like i just i just don't feel good whereas like at, at the weight i am now like i just feel physically incredible like injuries and stuff is just so easy to manage like that like obviously a lot of it's down to training and stuff like that but yeah. but no, yeah, I, just, I just i just feel great and and like i look at the stuff that like put put it this way right i've seen seen loads of guys that have competed against the last couple of years that i used to really look up to, like not look up to but be like fuck me i'd love to be as strong as him on that lift mm-hmm. take gear and i've overtake overtaken yeah. like most most of the guys that I've have like aspired to who I've wanted to compete against, like I've, I've got like 
just by doing this simple approach. Like I've lost like fucking 25 kilos in body weight. I stopped eating meat two years ago. Like I don't, you don't, you don't eat any sort of meat products. No, I haven't eaten any meat for two years or whatever, but, but like, these kind of things that a lot of people use it like here, a lot of people using them as like excuses. Oh, well, I don't take gear or, or, or yeah, I, I'm vegetarian or I'm vegan. So I, so, uh, so I deserve more credit or I'm natty or whatever. Like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. I fucking hate, hate that to be honest. Because I, I just feel like a lot of people are using that and putting a ceiling on their own potential, whether they realize it or not. And like, I, I agree. I, I like, I, I don't like that. But I, I just want to be a kind of, I suppose, inspire other people like me, showing that the fact that well, you, you you can you can get better and you can get to a decent level and you can continually enjoy yourself and stuff. And yeah, it might be more optimal to 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 take gear and do the, do whatever for for people who compete in strongman are untested. But like. I, I just, the thing I, is, you've proven a lot of things wrong, especially not with yourself, but with the twins. Like the twins are, I would say the twins are the only two pure natty under 80s that uh, that would peak for a world record deadlift attempt in a comp. And, and hit it. Yeah, and not even think about, oh, I'll pop this in to give me a bit of a... Yeah, t- t- Tim, Tim messaged me before. He's got four at max deadlift tonight, right? And he's like 82 kilos body weight. And I've given him a range between 312.5 and 322.5. I reckon he'll hit 324 tonight, which is like, I think it's five kilos below the world record, I think, isn't it? I think. And what, what are they, is there a date in which they're preparing for this? Or is it Britain's? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, yeah they're doing it Britain's. Okay. Yeah. So they're, it's relatively soon. Yeah. Um, <sighs> That's crazy. I mean, congrats on that. That's crazy. But yeah, it's what Shane's saying. Like, yeah, you, you know, it seems like you're disproving a lot of things. And I do think a lot of people use, um, you know, I, I'm even a supporter, obviously, of people using enhancing themselves. But I think a lot of people go way overboard. And what Shane was saying earlier, do not set a foundation of skill acquisition or proficiency before even thinking about, I think they should establish things even before even thinking about entertaining drugs. And that, you know, skill acquisition and proficiency period, in my opinion, that could, that could be three to six years, you yeah, know, before you're at least time. Yeah, it's a long time to develop a base before you're worthy of doing something like that. You know what I mean? And, and even if you, let's say you spend, you know, six years and you're, I don't know, an 80 kilo guy and you're a casual strong man, you, you know, only deadlift 200 kilos or whatever. It's like, there's no point. Why would you get on? Like you're a casual, like don't. I suppose, uh, Shane, like me, me and the twins, right, uh, are like such a similar mindset. It's scary. Like, like where the three of us will be open to to take gear. We're not against it at all. But the deeper we get into it, like say a year ago, I'd have been more temp. I'd, I'd have been more. I, I probably, I, I was sure that inevitably at some point I'll 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 take gear to get to that whatever to get to that high, higher level whereas the deeper we get into it the the more that we believe that we can actually do more without taking it if that makes sense like like with the ceiling is a lot higher than what a lot of people think I, I, in my opinion yeah it seems like you're very willing to take the time and explore where and how far you could get before needing anything to affect that at all yeah, i think there'll just come a time where you know, things will stall 
Yeah. And then, but, but, but again, you don't know where that is. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, that'll be the time when you, you know, you have the chat with yourself, but you might, you might not even get to that point. You might win your worlds or hit your goals and never have even touched that point. But this is where I mean you different a little bit is if I was you, I'd be like, Oh, if I've won worlds natural, I'd be like, Oh, what could I do if I was sourced to the gills? Like, yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. That's, that's where my brain goes. Like, well, if this guy is such a savage, you know, eating fucking broccoli and sleeping 10 hours a day. What if he does the same thing with a little bit of gear in him? And let's see, I mean, fuck it. Let's, two world records, two different classes, two different ways. Like, you know what I mean? So not that it's better. It's just, that's how my insane brain works. <laughs> yeah, no, that's sound like. I'm like, fucking, I'd be like, I, I suppose we'll go for open weight worlds. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> going back to, like, for me, it's going back to, like, kind of the light, the lightweight kind of thing of it being relatable. Whereas I feel like there's so many guys that, like say I've got into the sport or whatever, or there's so many guys who who are kind of similar-ish mindset to me who before they started with me, like they almost thought that, oh, I'd like to do strongman, but you kind of it's kind of like the thing that you you have to you you have to take gear or like most people take gear and to do well in it you have to. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually like I I just want to I'm not like I say. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not against taking gear. I might. I'm, I'm, I might go yeah. to myself. But but like I just. I just want to show that it's it's accessible. Like if you if you've got a savage mindset, you can fucking you can do some crazy shit. Like when you, you, you know what's you know it's funny on that on that similar note. I'm sure Shane would agree with me on this too, because that that is like the the popular perception of like a casual strength fan. First off, most casual strength fans don't even realize there's weight classes within strongman, which is issue number one. Issue number two being, if they do know about it, look to like what you just said, people would assume like, oh, well, you need to use performance enhancing drugs to be any sort of level of okay. Um, Which is like, you know, half true, half not, right? Like, it's like, no, you could get super, super far without needing drugs and you could go probably further if you did, maybe, right? Um, That being said, CrossFit has none of that reputation at all. And it is just as drug ridden as strongman, yet for whatever reason, in the popular in the pop, public perception, any every any person like, oh, I can just do cross and I'll do the open. Who knows? Maybe we'll make it regionals. It's like, do you realize the type of freaks that are going to like, regionals and the games and the shit that they're on? It's so weird that that sport in particular never picked up that stigma. Yeah, I think it's because they um, they did do. They've not done it that often, but they have done a couple of drug bans. <laughs> well, you know what they did do, which is interesting. The one and only time someone popped that was on the podium, popped, by the way, uh, was an individual that no one fucking knew. He only had like 3,000 followers on Instagram, and he had no one thought this guy would get on the podium. It was like a random one-off guy from Australia just showed up one year, was on the podium with Frazier and like Patrick Vellner, right? And everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? And of course, Cross is being crossed, like, yeah, we're going to save some face, test that guy. Course he tests positive because he's at the fucking games and, and they ban him like oh look see we yeah, it was athletes. it was a car dream wasn't it it was something along those lines yeah um you, yeah. and the point is had that individual been more of a famous person there's no way he would have been tested like, yeah. no way but that one thing gets remembered because when you speak to crossfit it's like no if i've seen people banned then i'm like no you've seen like very few people yeah You've seen select individuals, Ben. Yeah. But it, who no one knows. If you go in CrossFit gyms, it's like, because um, when I owned the old gym, I used to have some really good CrossFitters trained there mm. who had actually been to like the um, 
the games as part of the team, Team JST they're called. And um, yeah, they're just oblivious to drug use. And yeah, they just don't. They, they, these are guys that they just about qualified and got there, and then they didn't do. You know, they were kind of bottom field, really. Still amazing right. athletes, but you know what I mean. They weren't. Yeah. They didn't realize. They showed up, and there's levels to this shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 they're just like completely oblivious to the PD side. Yeah. And um, after the the games, I remember questioning like, "Do you think they are?" Do you think they are? And, then, <laughs> and they're just like, "Yeah, you can't." And I'm like, "Yes, they are." And then they yes. still, they can't, you can't convince them. They're just like. It's natural, and I'm like the highest level of all sports. It it's there. It's just yeah, it just is. Wow. Especially like CrossFit, there's, there's money, man. A lot, a lot oh yeah, it's, yeah whenever there's, there's money, there's people cash. To yeah. Come on, son. Those dudes are getting taking growth. They're doing they're doing. Some, I'm sure some of them are even doing blood doping for the conditioning. I saw some of them getting real crazy. Right, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to wrap it up. Oh. So, Alec, would you would you come on again at some point, and we'll do another episode, and we'll talk. We'll I. Any day you want. Now that I actually know who the fuck I'm talking to, it's with you two of you. Yeah, I'll show up again. So we could we could talk more, talk more about drugs, but also I'd like to talk about, um, like, say, uh, Olympic weightlifting principles and how they how we can yeah. in strongman and um, basically stuff that the listeners can can go and apply to their own training. I would I would love that. I mean, I just had a I just had a lady hit the biggest axle overhead jerk ever, not that long ago. So what what weight was it? 142 kilo by Ines Casquillo, my female athlete. And uh, she actually jerked 142. Amazing. That is, yeah. She's been doing strongman for, she's been strongman for six months. Is that a uh, float overhead as well or out the rack? Uh, on, not off the ground, not a flush one yet, just because she's still new to the sport, but out of the, the jerk blocks, yeah. she had a uh, 315. Crazy, crazy. Split jerk too. So I taught her how to split jerk from the, FaceTime. Uh, what's the world record female axle? Is it about 127, 130? 130 kilo by uh annabelle chaplin of the uk yeah i remember annabelle, yeah i thought it was annabelle around there no 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 i'm sorry one, one, 120 120 uh and it's about to be broken by Corey butler in the u.s in about 10 days right okay wow. really? is mad. where, where yeah. can uh, the the listeners follow you on instagram what's your name on instagram your insta instagram alec jose a-l-e-c-j-o-s-e um or you can visit my website our team rpe11.com uh you know for all the shits and giggles so all, all the information about your, your coaching and stuff like that and, and your coaching teams on the RP11 website for people. Who've been yes, sir. Right, brilliant. All right. Thank you all. Boys, thank you so much. Yeah, we'll do it. Right, thank you. Soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Peace. fellas.